Hurt takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are just devouring the Giants. And it is A.J. Brown again. Another touchdown. Uh, welcome back to the link lineup. Uh, this is episode 25, so it's only fitting we call it the uh, a shady episode. Um, and today's episode is a, is a great one. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in a Super Bowl rematch 21 to 17. And man, oh man, was it, was it a, a game you kind of sweat out there and, uh, at times, you want to probably turn off the TV and go to bed. But for those of you who stuck around and watched the whole game, uh, you were rewarded uh, because the Eagles pulled this one out of their ass. That's pretty much sums it up. Um, but you know, we're going to talk about it because there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot of feelings to you know let out and talk about and. What we're going to do today is a safe space, and we're going to, we're going to let it all out. Um, let's get our initial takeaways from the game, our initial feelings, I guess, is what we'll say. Um, and then we'll talk about the offense, defense, special teams, and whatever else we want to talk about. Um, Bryce, what is, like, where are your feelings coming uh, from this game? Okay, so <clears throat> right off the rip, I'm going to hit you with a stat that I that I've seen. In the last 15 games, Jalen Hurts is 14 and 1. In the last 20 games, Jalen Hurts is 18 and 2. In the last 30 games, 30 games, Jalen Hurts is 27 and 3. That should tell you everything you need to know about this quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. The future MVP and the leader of this franchise. I'm gonna pause you real quick because you bring so, so you brought some stats. I want to bring some stats as well. So mm-hmm. since since you brought that up, Jalen Hurts has 13 straight wins against teams with a win record. Uh, regular season, obviously we lost to the Chiefs, but uh, regular season. He also has seven straight wins, trailing by 10 or more points. Go take it, take back the reins. Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that the outcome of this game showed me that us as a fan base, there should not be any doubt in our mind going into any game if he is under center quarterback. There should be full confidence that we can't win the game. It doesn't matter the opponent that we're going against because all he knows how to do and all this team knows how to do is win games. It doesn't matter how they do it. It doesn't matter what they need to get it done. They just know how to come out with a victory in the end. I know it was sloppy. It had me so frustrated to watch. <laughs> but like you said at the beginning, for the, for the ones that didn't turn it off and go to bed at halftime, I was one of them people who got real, real close to shutting the TV off and saying, I'm done watching this. But uh, I stuck around, stuck to the end, and uh, couldn't be more happy with the, the outcome of it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, I'd never turn off the games, um, even though I say I am. Uh, just because, you know, I, football. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. Football, football is just such a short, like, time, you know. It's, um, it does last, like, four or five months. Or September, October, November, December, January. Six months, right? So it lasts half the year, but, like, there's only – some people only get to watch their team play 17 games. And so if we're bad, I'm going to watch it because, you know, I only get 17 games with my team this year. And who knows what you might see in the in Robert's time. Some, you know, undrafted guy just takes full advantage of his opportunity and he has something to be excited for. There's always something to, like, look forward to, unless, of course, you're the Giants, who have absolutely <laughs> nothing to look forward to. Um, so... Last night, I was, it was like third quarter, um, right right towards the end there. I was like, there's no way. It was actually after the uh, after the Travis Kelsey fumble, um, and then we turned it to absolutely nothing. Um, that's when I was like, man, they're just going to beat us. Like, there's, we had no, we have no juice or no, we have nothing. Um, yeah. But, you know, with this team, um, you know, I think any, any like doubts and any criticisms that you're going to hear throughout the rest of the year, you should you should look at this game um, because like we've seen the Eagles win, maybe not this year, but in the past in like blowout fashion, right? Um, we've seen them win super close games, and they just beat the second best team in the NFL, playing one of their worst football games they've ever played, and they beat them. Um, and what makes me look at this team and I guess a special feeling is like no matter how many times they get punched in the mouth and get knocked down, you know, again and again and again and again because they got knocked down tons of times. They just they keep on getting right back up. And yeah. you know, when when nothing's going your way and you know, you have leaders like Jalen Hurts, you have Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Nick Sirianni. I was just about to say, I think you got a point to the the culture that Nick has brought in to this team ever since uh, he became head coach. Mm-hmm. They just – they don't lose – they don't lose games. I mean, not as crazy as that is, it, as it sounds, they just – they do not lose football games. It's it's weird. I don't know what, what, what they've done ever since – Ever since I can't remember the record of it or what it was, but I think ever since the uh, whole Nick Sirianni introduction speech about the soil and being the flower and growth, this team I I think don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure this team is like 36 and like eight or something like that, 36 and four or something like that. Ever since that since that speech, this team just. They don't lose. It's going to take a lot to beat this team. Any anything that you can think you can come up with to beat this team, uh, it shows that they this team adjusts well. This team has a uh, very good uh, veteran leadership. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. But when this team gets hot, man, they're hard to stop. Yeah, um, the thirty and six since the thirty and six. That speech was on October 27th, 2021. Um, but 
like I was saying, you have these leaders, and so like the game, nothing's going your way in this game, right? Nothing, absolutely nothing was going good in that first half. And you look at your leader, you look to your leaders, and you know they're not phased by anything. You know they're they're like, hey, next next drive, next you know next time we're on the field, we're gonna make something happen. Um, and then like even the people on that team that may have doubts, they're like, why? We're gonna believe this. We're gonna believe the same thing you are because, like, obviously you've been there, done that, and you believe. Why shouldn't I? You know, and so just watching them just continue to get up and get up and get up after getting knocked down and beating this team in a hostile environment such as you know Arrowhead is is truly a remarkable thing. You know, and you're gonna get a lot of people that are gonna say, "Well, they're treating this like the Super Bowl." Um, it's just a good win, and if you're a Chiefs fan, the way we're talking about this win, you should probably take it and you know take it as a compliment because uh, you guys are you guys, got a, you, you guys are a very good football team. Besides your wide receivers, um, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's basically that's my that's my feeling coming out of it is like I believe in this team more than I believe in the team that won it all. Um, I just it's find a way to win. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I've been a part of many years where, you know, it, it feels like that the Eagles team that year just doesn't win. They, they always find a way to lose. And, you know, this team just finds a way to win. And it's hard to imagine them losing at any point this year. Um, you know, as long as they keep their, you know, their head on straight and they keep on, you know, Rounding out these games, there's there's no doubt in my mind that they could they could run the table the rest of the way. Yeah, is it realistic? I don't know, but you know it it could definitely happen, and I would it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, it would shock me if we lost more than two games the rest of the way. It would shock me. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of any team, and this gauntlet is looking like less intimidating by the day. So. Um, that's that's my overall feelings coming out of this game. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Offense, defense, special teams. Um, <clears throat> let's let's look at the low light first. Of uh, of it all, let's talk about the offense. So, my immediate reaction. I don't know. I don't know if Spags just had our number with the play calls or we just repetitively were just shooting ourselves in the foot. The biggest thing my takeaway was offensive line did not seem like they were a cohesive unit at all for in that first half. Uh they they looked like they just couldn't get it figured out. Um yeah a good example know. is the, the Trent McDuffie sack where he just came free. Yeah. I, I watched the replay on that. They ran a stunt with the D tackle and the the defensive end. You're running a stunt on two guys and sending another rusher off the same edge. That's that'd be kind of hard to pick up, but there's other times where the one I look to is the Lane Johnson one where he had Chris Jones on him and he didn't even touch Chris Jones. I think he were made there may have been some miscommunication there thinking it was a screen when it wasn't. 
because uh, Lane didn't even touch him. But uh, his team let up five sacks, and they all came in the first half. Uh, that's something that is very, very rare with this with this offensive line. I can't remember the last time they let up five sacks. I can't remember the last time they let up multiple sacks in a game. Uh, but that it just didn't look good, man. It didn't look like the the team we're used to. Yeah. Um, a lot of the uh, the negative things I've seen about Jalen is he dropped his eyes a lot early on, um, and rightfully so, just because you know you take sacks, back to back plays. You start getting happy feet. Any quarterback is going to get happy feet. He dropped his eyes, missed some open receivers because of it. Um, and credit to the Chiefs defense for, you know, creating pressure and causing Jalen not to, you know, play his game. Um, it was evident in the box score when you look at it. I, I don't like box score watching, but, I mean, it is what it is. He 14 for 22 for 150. And that in the third quarter, he had 69 yards passing. And I was like, what is this high school game over? Because on the flip side, you know, Patrick Mahomes was almost the same way. Um, so, you know, Jalen didn't have a great game. He didn't have a great game. Almost fumbled a fumbled the ball. Um, but luckily, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't fall on it. But he just like he like stood up and just reached down, nonchalant. He's gonna pick it up with one hand at first. I was, uh, I was like, oh shit. Um, I was like, this is not good. Yeah. Um. But what did uh, you think? Uh, now that we've kind of step back away from the game and it's not initial emotions. Uh, what'd you feel about the game plan, offensive game plan itself? Cause yeah. I could see, I could see the philosophy behind it. I could see what they were trying to do, but I just don't think they were executing very well. So my biggest problem with the game plan was, you know, we're, we're down 17, seven coming out of halftime. Right. And you have to have something happen, right? And it's just three and out. And then I believe it was the most bogus three and out I've ever seen, too, dude. Which one, was, which, which one was that one? The one, the first drive out of halftime, two runs and a quarterback draw on third and seven. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then, that one about sent me over the, sent me over the top. And then there was so let's let's just talk about questionable play calling since you know we're talking about game plan and stuff and it ties it hand to hand. Uh, we had the ball third and one, I believe it was in the third quarter, and we ran it with the shotgun, and then we lost like three yards. Why are we not? Why are we not doing the bro- the brotherly shove? Right that, yeah, yeah. You know? um, we learned from it later on. We we did it, um, but that's terrible. I believe after the uh, the, the fumble. We did the two screens back to back. Now I don't know why we throw it to Devontae Smith on the screen. Uh, he can get loose for a couple yards, but he's, he's not, not breaking like, any tackles. Yeah, he's yeah. The play has to be perfect. And it. I feel like every time we run these types of plays, it just never is perfect. And then on the flip side, why are we throwing it to Julio? Who? No offense, he looks kind of slow, but like he's a big he's a big receiver. I think he's, he's six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. Why are you running a wide receiver screen to him? And he's like thirty four years old, thirty three years old. He, he's <laughs> not. He should not be catching a wide receiver screen. I know you want to get him involved, but that's just not the play to get him involved. Yeah. Um, so like, there's there's that, uh, you know, and then there's there is this notion that you know Jalen is calling his own number sometimes, and he'll, you know, he'll 
to call the play just because it's based on what he sees. But I don't know. I I don't know. And then like I will give props because that that screen that uh, to to under Swift that looks like a Texas route. Yeah, um, is is that, nice. That that it's really nice. I like Very that. Nice. They need they need to implement that more, especially against aggressive defenses. That's why I could understand why the play calling it was what it was. Now looking at it, because we know as a a Steve Spagnolo defense is a very aggressive defense, and that their defense relies on their secondary and their defensive line. Everything in the middle tends to tends to be a little free. You know what I mean? Um, the Chiefs are they don't have a good defensive line this year as a whole. You have Chris Jones, and after him. There's a significant drop off from to everybody else. You can run the ball on that team, and that's why I could understand the quarterback draws at some point because that defensive line they either run a bunch of stunts or they get directly upfield and they run in like a bat out of hell upfield. Like they're not they're not setting any edges or not setting playing any gaps. They're trying to get downhill and downhill fast. So what's the best way to technically beat that is like either a delayed handoff or in our case, a quarterback draw where there's some sort of delay to it and you get all of them rushing at one point of attack. And hopefully if it works out the way it's supposed to, Jalen slips through it. But I don't understand – while we're running it so many times is what I I wasn't getting, why I wasn't understanding. That secondary to me doesn't scare anybody. You got Legarius. But... They are. They're solid. You got Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed. Trent McDuffie's actually developed into a very good corner. Legarius Sneed's kind of been off and on. He's had a lot of penalties against him this year. Uh but I got to give him props where it's due. He held A.J. Brown to one catch for eight yards. So, not a lot of people do that. A.J. should have had a touchdown. But, yeah, was, that's neither here nor there. But The interception, um, I'm, not blaming, a, I'm not blaming either one of them. No. Um, Jalen had a Jalen had a pretty good rush right in his face as soon as he is going to throw that. And A.J. Uh, kind of just made up his own route. But, like they were talking on the TV broadcast, he beat him so bad off the line of scrimmage that they just throw this motherfucker in the air and it's a touchdown. Yeah. But uh, you know, it it's I wasn't mad about it. Uh I give AJ props. That was big brain, big brain play there, trying to trying to let him get back up. <laughs> um a couple more things I want to talk about. Uh Kenneth Gainwell only got one carry uh, for one yard compared to Boston Scott, who had two carries. Um, obviously it's not much of a difference, but, uh, it might be a sign that, you know, the coaching staff is like, Hey, Kenneth Gainwell is not the guy that we think he is. And maybe they're finally realizing what's, what's happening and just, they're going to give it up. Uh, yeah. you know, he had, he had kind of a bonehead play there going out of bounds right before Ashton. I yeah. can understand why he did it, but at the same time, Look at your down and distance, and look where you're at on the field. And I can't remember how many, 
how much time left there off the top of my head, but uh, it wasn't a lot. So at, at you have to think. You just gotta have kind of in game awareness. But I I try to put myself in that position. I probably would have done the same thing. I don't know if I would have blatantly tried to make myself go out of bounds. Is what like because you're giving you're giving the ball back to the Chiefs with time. It's set up third and fifteen. Yeah, I mean, come on, like try to make something happen at that point. I don't. And it left a minute on the clock. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Braden Mann wasn't punting the ball particularly well. Yeah. And and the I'm pretty uh, sure that that punt after that was his worst one of the night. Kind of just hit it off the side of his foot. But even then, for a second there, it didn't even matter. Kadarius Tony was just returning the ball at that will. Dude, that motherfucker turns into Devin Hester against us, dude. I I was mad at that. His three longest career punt returns are against the Eagles. Stop stop putting it to that man. Um but to to wrap up the offense, you know, everybody's saying fire Brian Johnson. Uh, and I don't know. <laughs> I was saying it last night as well, but I think that was more so my initial initial reaction to what was going on. Now that I've let it sit and digest and think about it, but it uh I can understand what he was trying to do. And but at the same plan, I I just don't think you run that those same plays that many consecutive times. Dude, I I wasn't lying last night when I literally counted six screen passes in a row. Well, I don't like I don't like so many passes behind a lot of scrimmage. Like some like some are good. Uh if you call up the right the right one against the right play that like the defense throws at you. You can take it for, you know, a big chunk of yards. But there's there's only times, and more times often than not, at least with this team, it's just it's a negative play or it's just like a whatever play, you know. Yeah. It's it's not like a positive. Um. But I apologize to anybody listening right now. I'm a little under the weather, so if you hear me sniffling, that's why. No, uh, we both are. We both are. <laughs> I just, I'm I'm a little bit more over it than you are. Um. What else about the offense do I need to discuss? Tomate Smith, heck of a catch. Uh, heck of a game, to be honest. Um, and he's getting he's getting hit with uh, the 99-yard games a lot. He'll, he'll, he'll break out, and he'll get over 100 one of these, one of these games. He stepped up big, though, for, for in a spot that they needed him. Uh, one thing I did want to hit on, I think losing Dallas Goddard is a much bigger hole than we think that's, it is. that's what I was just going to say. When I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I think it's a much bigger hole than we think it than we think it really is. I don't think we'll lose games because he's gone, but I, I do think that at some point the offense is going to change in my eyes. I think I like the whole pony package that they ran last night. Did you did you see that? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's what got DeAndre Swift wide open on the like jet sweep thing that they did. Yeah. Um. And then I feel like you can do so much out of that, like out of those packages, even with, with that motion. Um, you can give Boston's got the ball, and he's he's going to get you a good chunk of change. Um, yeah. And then, like, who knows what else you can come up with? I just hope it, I just hope they don't get too cute with it, um, because we've seen what happens whenever they try to get cute, and it's not always great. Um, but there's so many, there's so much they can do. 
Um, you can do a quarterback keeper out of that, like a fake fake jet sweep quarterback keep to the either to the opposite direction. You can hand it off, run the jet sweep. You could probably run an RPO out of that. It'd probably. be a you could. I kind of like that package. I saw it last night. I was like, well, that's that's interesting. Well, I feel like they were. I feel like they've seen a lot of like the beat reporters saw a lot of it in training camp. And they just haven't been doing it throughout the year. They've like teased it, but uh, I feel like yeah. it'd work a lot better with, with Rashad Penny in the backfield. But <laughs> um, Jack Stoll, great blocker. Uh, he had some moments where he was shoving people off. Like he was just shoving people and uh, push on the tush push slash brotherly shove. He was just throwing people off the pile. He's, he's he's doing a little enforcer role, and I, I like it. Yeah, absolutely not a, not a threat at all when it comes to passing. Um, just not, nothing. Um, you think that could be something we look at in the off season? The tight I think position? so. I think so. I, I think Dallas Goddard's hurt too often. Um, yeah, and a lot of it's not his fault. Like the past two years haven't been his fault. Yeah. Just, just Would you? Uh, I know it's not realistic at all, but if uh. If Brock Bowers is sitting there at the thirty-second pick, would you take him? <laughs> uh oh, really? Uh oh, we got we got so much more than backup tight end. We got to got to address, uh, you know, DBs. I don't know if Brock Bowers would be your backup tight end. Uh, well, I think Brock Bowers would be the starter. Brock Bowers start- is like a generational. <laughs> Type tied in. Well, if he's there, take. If he's if he's there, take. <laughs> but uh, we got we got a lot to do in the off season. Um, but uh, Grant Calcaterra left the game. He didn't come back. Um, so. I had a lot of high hopes for him too, man. I don't know why. I I just I remember him being such a good receiver at Oklahoma when he was there and at SMU. Um, I think he's just been bit by the injury bug too much. Yeah, and I wish they'd just play Alberto. I just wish they'd play him. I feel like I feel like he could do some some nice things if given opportunity. He could um, be a good vertical threat in in this offense. He's such a big target in the middle of the field and he's he's quick for a tight end. He's probably a better athlete from just he's probably on the same level, if not a slight better athlete than Dallas is. I just think they love Dallas in the run game and the and the pass game so much that I don't know. Well, I've you know they said when we got him, he's he's almost like an elite route runner, and put him in the slot. Just put him in the slot. So like take some snaps away from Alamde Zacchaeus and Julio, and just let him let him do what he can do. Yeah, and he might surprise you. Um, yeah, <laughs> he'll probably have a little more juice than Julio does, and um, you know. OZ just you know he's he's running he's running sprints out there so might as well just give him a shot. Um, but it, I think that's about it for the offense. Uh, offensive line stepped up in the second half. Um, that pass from Jalen Devontae was beautiful. Um, the only my only biggest complaint in the second half was um, was the turnover on downs or no, Brent Covey turned the ball to like the fifty yard line. We got it on their 40, and got like two straight negative plays, and we were back um, at our own 40. Uh, you got to be aggressive, and you can't play like 
got the game one and tried to run down the clock. Uh, that's how you let people back in the game. Uh, ultimately, we almost get, let them right back in. Uh, but uh, anything else you want to add about the offense before we wrap it up and talk about? We'll do special, we'll do special teams because I feel like we have a lot to say about defense. Uh, it's good to see DeAndre Swift get back to uh, having a big part of the offense. And I think that uh, I listened to Ruben Frank and Dave Zangaro a bunch on the Eagle Eye podcast. Shout out, fellas, if you ever take a listen. But uh, they talk a lot about Cam Jurgens being a big factor and why DeAndre Swift had such a good start to the year. Um, I think it kind of showed last night. Cam, Cam played a good game for what he had to go up against because I feel like they lined up, they lined up Chris Jones up against him a lot. And uh, he held his own. I liked it. Um, what do you think about Jalen being the front runner for MVP? I think it's – I like it. I mean, obviously, I like him for him to get his recognition that he deserves, but – Who would be the MVP? Who, who, who would be my MVP today, who right would now? Yeah. It's a toss-up between him and Lamar. Uh, Lamar's kind of having, like – a career kind of year right now, but um, I would lean Jalen. Me personally, I would give it to him because I don't. I don't think. Let's think of the definition of MVP: most valuable player, the most valuable player in this league, according to their team record, what he does for the team, and so on and so forth. You stick Marcus Mariota right now in this fucking spot, we are nowhere near it. We're nowhere close. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – this team doesn't – this team doesn't go without Jalen Hurts. And that's, to me, is the definition of the most valuable player of it, of the National Football League or of their franchise, their respective teams. So, you stick – and if you're going to put it that way, look what the Ravens did with Tyler Huntley at the end of the year last year. They still made the playoffs, and they almost won a playoff game with him. So, and we went over to Gardner Mitchell. Yep. Exactly. What um, about you? I'll give the Jalen. I'll give the Jalen. You think it's kind of a closer race than than the the Vegas odds kind of have it right now? No, I don't think so. I think. <laughs> I think, and also it might be because I'm just I'm feeling salty because of what happened last year where he should have won it. I feel like he deserves his his flowers, um, and I feel like he will get it this year. But he doesn't care. He wants to win Super Bowl, and I think I think he'll get that this year as well. Um, moving on, deep or special teams. Uh, Jack Elliott had I think he had extra points. Uh, he he did a trick shot, hit off the upright, bounced it in. <laughs> I seen um, that tweet. Somebody said Jake Kelly out here hitting fucking trick shots just because he can. That was, um, that was Michael Kiss. <laughs> Favorite follows. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Braden Man, like I said, had a couple terrible punts, and then all of a sudden he started hitting fucking nukes, <laughs> um, bombs. Dude. I think I think one of his kicks I feel like almost went eighty yards. <laughs> if we're gonna shout out special teams. One of the most key plays of that entire game itself was Josh Job downing Kadarius Tony where he did inside the inside the twenty yard line. Yeah, because excellent fucking punt by Braden Man, but 
that punt returner back there has been cooking your shit all game long. And that's a big time. That's that was a big time tackle. Yeah, it was a forty-seven yard punt that got down to the Kansas City nine yard line. Um yeah. Uh Josh Job made a beautiful catch. Or not catch, tackle. Um uh, caught him, I guess you could say. But uh I don't know no, why he... I stood up that hype in my house after that. Yeah, I did too. Mm. Uh, but <clears throat> I couldn't I couldn't get too hyped because there comes the Kansas City Chiefs, or Chiefs you know, with yeah. plenty of time. Um but yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to the Braden man for figuring it out because one of those punts went like two yards, it felt like, and I was like, We're we're going through this shit again. Um yeah. Britain Britain Covey had like three nice returns. I think he yeah, he's turning two. into one of the best returners in the league. I need him right to before our very eyes. Down. Right before our very eyes. And I feel like he's not getting recognition that he deserves for some of this stuff that he's he's been able to do this year. Uh, I wish he would return one for a touchdown. We could have saw. He, he looks like he's going to every time, <laughs> and somebody out of nowhere just comes down, chops his legs. I will say it looks like, at least from like a TV, uh, you know, view, it does look like he's surrounded by players, and he just finds a way, like finds a hole, and you're like, oh my god, how do you, how do you fit through that? But yeah, you know, he he's I feel like he's a lot watch. faster than what people give him credit for too. But there's a reason that he is our punt returner. If, People forget in college, dude, he was an excellent fucking punt returner. Like, has multiple punt returns for touchdowns. And I I don't know what it may be. I feel like some of the blocking fucks him sometimes. I mean, there's Noah a, Smith blocked him. I, I was about to say, there's been a couple times where I've seen Nolan Smith is, like, running right next to him, almost about to knock him over. I'm like, Nolan, get your fucking head on a swivel, dude. Look alive. But yeah, you know, shout out to them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, shaky first half, which is the theme of the whole game, but it's really stepped it up when it mattered in the second half. Yeah. Um, defense, defense is going to be something we're going to talk about. Um, they need their flowers. They do. They they want to stay game. That's that's all I can say about it. They want to stay game. Um, you know, big hat tip to Kevin Byard. Uh, for basically following Travis Kelsey, um, all night long, played an excellent game against him too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seven catches, forty-four yards, and a touchdown. You you can't ask for much more. He, I mean, Travis Kelsey's going to get his at some point, and it took a pick to get him open. Um, which hopefully in, in the future, if that happens again between him and Darius Slay, Darius Slay just automatically takes, you know, Travis Kelsey there. But yeah. Great performance. Got a got a pick. Um, you know, that 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 pick in particular. Um, you know, it wasn't a you know CJ GJ pick where you know he's in he's 20 yards away from the like the receiver and quarterback airmails it and he's just there to catch the ball. Um Patrick Mahomes had a guy open and he just made a made the wrong he pressed the wrong button, you know. He he meant to do a bullet pass, but he just he lightly tapped it. Um, it kind of lobbed it in there. Yeah, and he didn't lead him away from Kevin Byard, but Kevin Byard broke on the ball, and made a pick. Kevin Byard, I like watched the film breakdown of it, <clears throat> of the pick itself, and listen to somebody was talking over it. Uh, Kevin Byard made an excellent read with his eyes. Um, 
that guy does his film study, you can clearly tell in that because that's a route concept that not a lot of people pick up on. Um, if they don't, if they're not absolutely looking for it, because that was almost like a slant and up, kind of just go to the back of the end zone kind of thing. And uh, from what I remember, the Eagles were almost kind of like in a single high set, like single high safety kind of deal. And he had to, he had to cover a lot of ground almost to get there. Uh, but it was, I think it was just an excellent read of reading Patrick Mahomes' eyes and understanding the route concept that was coming at him. Um, shout out to him. He had, he had a great night. Uh, Bradley Roby had a, a good night too. Um, I feel like I didn't hear his name much when it came to the receivers catching the ball, which, I mean, their receivers really didn't move hardly anything. Um, got the little peanut punch out. That was beautiful. That was textbook peanut punch. Um, so those two, veteran, you know, thanks. Stepping thanks for being big. here. Stepping up big. Obviously, uh, if, you, if you've been on social media, you've probably seen the uh, uh, MVS drop. Uh, let the record show that last episode I did call my bum, and uh, <laughs> so I was I was right. And uh, Riley Roby was on the the back end of that play. And, uh, yeah, burnt. MVS is fast as fuck though, so I mean I don't I can't hold that against him. Can't hold that against somebody who hasn't who just signed with the team not too long ago. So uh, let me ask you this question: Whenever you saw Patrick do a little crow hop. I checked out. Yeah. <laughs> I checked out mentally. I got. Enough. I was like, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> that was my immediate reaction. And my, my girlfriend actually said the same thing as she seen it because she caught it too. She was like, oh shit. <laughs> she was like, somebody's open. Somebody's open bad. Yeah, the way the way he threw that ball, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's somebody's going cooked. that's going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> And then it pans over, and you see Bradley Roby just trailing. Just fucking running, like, fuck. I was like, oh, God, dude. I was like, he dropped the shit in the bucket. Giving his all and just to not even come close. But uh, I don't know know how he dropped it, but he dropped it. Yeah. I don't want want social media to take away. They're going to sit there and say the Eagles got lucky winning that football game. Which, in some aspects, we did. But let's not forget, that defense held that fucking team to zero points in the second half. None. It was – I can't remember how many yards they had in the second half, but it wasn't – I don't think it was that much. But that's what – that's what caught my eye the most. They they saved – they held that team to zero. You held a team of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey scoreless in a half where you absolutely needed it. You can't, bro, you can't ask for better defense there. I mean, you can't. There's nothing you could ask them to do better. I think you can chalk it up to luck if you want to be like a Chiefs fan and you want to say, hey, they got lucky. You can't overlook the fact that Andy Reid punted it from the Eagles' 39-yard line. You cannot <laughs> overlook that. That is – you know how happy I was whenever I saw the punt team come out? I was, I was like, they're punting I, this? I, I was, was like, what? I was shocked. <laughs> I was so shocked that they put they threw the punt team out there. I was expecting a field goal. 
I, I was too. I was too, especially with a kicker like Harrison Bucker. But I I kind of said under my breath as soon as I watched the punt team come out on the field, I was like, Andy Reid, you fucking chicken shit motherfucker. You I was like, you're fucking scared, dude. If you've been been Eagles fan long enough, you you have flashbacks. Um <laughs> just watching watching him not manage the time well, um kind of be conservative. If you want to put it to what it is, he got out coached in the second half. He, did. he just got he got flat out out coached. Sean decide out coached him. Yeah, he did. Um Hassan Reddick got a sack on like the first play, it felt like. I'm gonna count fucking Josh Sweat got a sack too, dude. This whole intentional grounding shit. Count it as a sack, bro. That's the second one this year that that's happened. Uh, yeah. Which is funny. He talked about this his post game <laughs> press conference too. He was like, dude, just give me the sack. I don't he see said, how it's not a the sack. same yard. He said yeah. it results in the same yard. So Yeah, I don't see how it's not a sack. I like I, I don't get it. Cause especially like if it's one of those things where the quarterback's being brought down. And they just kind of heave it, you know. Yeah, you got to give it to the the guy chasing him. Like, yeah, you got to. It has to happen. And yeah, um, you know he he played well. He played well. Uh, he, he did jump off sides. Speaking of off sides, shout out to BG, because uh, <laughs> they hopped. He hopped off sides, and they didn't move. And remember they threw. Remember they moved, and they threw, threw the flag. I was like, you can't. You can't call that, can you? Like, <laughs> um, but man, that was, uh, that was killer. Um, anybody else on defense? I'm missing. Uh, James Bradbury. James Bradbury played a APJB. He played a good enough game to where he wasn't really getting targeted much at all. So very excited too. He did. He did. He had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um. So, we we've downplayed the the outside corners before on this podcast. So I'm gonna we can give them the flowers this time. You old fuck stepped it up and y'all played great. Big brain play almost made by Jalen Carter. Almost. Was that close? <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. Apparently, Twitter has told me that that's actually happened and it's actually worked. Grady Jarrett did it one time for the Falcons. But it wasn't to the same extent. Grady Jarrett knew that he was spiking the ball. It was against the Jets. And Grady just bull rushed the center. And before he could drop the ball all the way down, Grady kind of just took it from him. This one, Jalen Carter went underneath the fucking center's legs and tried to catch the ball. I've never, uh, I've never seen that. <laughs> I think the chance of you actually catching that ball, it's like so slim, unless, unless the quarterback just kind of just – Barely like throws it, like try to spike it. Most most quarterbacks are trying to throw it down quick, you know. And yeah, there's no chance. But he almost yeah. got there. Um, I want to shout out one more player, uh, Milton, Milton Williams. Um, had a great performance. Um, sucks that he seems like he had a concussion, so that chances are himself the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, uh, chances are he's going to miss the Bills game uh, just because typically people don't come back, yeah. especially on a short week. Um, Milt was locking down the run game. Yeah, Pacheco couldn't do nothing with with Milt in the game. It seemed like I like Pacheco. I I will say I like I, I like I like the way he runs, man. He pisses me off, and I I know if he's on my team, I I'd love him. 
that's how I see it. But every time we play against him, he seems to have a good game against us. But it's I seen something on seen something on Twitter. It just described his running style so perfect. He was like, I can't tell if Isaiah Pacheco is fast as fuck or he's the slowest player in the league, and, and he's just trying as hard. <laughs> it's like he. The one thing I saw was like it. It was like last year. It was like it seems like he he runs like he hates the ground, and <laughs> whenever he runs, it looks like he wants to get every piece of grass out of that yeah. off the field. You know, so. it's like he runs like a little. He, he runs like a badass little kid. <laughs> yeah. But like he's as as a fan of the Eagles and watching him play against the Eagles, it's frustrating because like it seems like they'll have him like stop in the backfield, but he just he keeps on moving and he'll get like three yards yeah. and I, w- I wish we had him i'm not gonna lie i wish we did um yeah. shout out to reed reed popped his ass on the sideline one time though he did with <laughs> his ass up so when are we gonna determine that reed blanket ship is uh still a hard one of the last dying breeds of a hard-hitting safety in this league <laughs> it might be the best safety we ever had Um, you know what was my first thought as soon as you said that? And I don't know why it was what I was like, Malcolm Jenkins. I didn't even think of B Dog. I was like, what? Malcolm Jenkins was good too, man. I miss him, I miss him a lot too. Ronnie McLeod was good for a while. Yeah, I miss, I miss him too. I don't. Um, Not really. I miss him all. Uh, anything else about the defense that we should bring up? I feel like Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow had an okay game. I feel like. They didn't have as many tackles, but like they weren't they weren't yeah. getting exposed. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think. Last thing I will say is um because it kind of ties in is there was so much holding. There was so much holding going on. Um I'm not one to complain about refs at all. You know this. I've n- I've never really bluntly talked, just openly talked about refs being a problem in a in a game. But holy fuck, dude! They could have threw a flag literally every single play if they really wanted to. On that fucking left tackle that was going against Josh Sweat. Oh my god, Josh was eating him alive, dude, and it was blatant, just constant holding. Yeah, uh... Jalen Carter, the one that the fucking just bro, somebody hip dip tackled his fucking ass in the backfield. I was like, yeah. how does that work? That's what how I'm do you saying. get away with that? Is Dylan Carter beat him, and then he like he was like running towards Patrick Mahomes, and he got like tackled. And then going back to the left tackle, uh, Josh Sweat's like around the corner, and the guy is like holding him like this, and like it's like every play that like, he's like hooking him, and they're not calling it. They call it like once or twice, but like you got to call more than that, especially when it's so blatant. Um, oh, I didn't. I had another thing I wanted to ask you. What'd you think of the roughing the passer on Fletcher Cox? You can't call that. Okay. I think it's I think it was kind of ticky tack, but this is not coming from I'm gonna put my Eagles bias aside. Technically, when it comes to the rules, yes, you have to if it's two steps and then engage yourself into them, yeah, that's technically I think it looked a lot worse than it actually was. I think I think Fletcher Cox just bench pressed his ass and just he at one point Patrick Mahomes was parallel in the air. Yeah. I was like, "Damn!" He, but that's the 
that's the NFL poster boy, and they're they're not gonna let that fly. So yeah, so I remember a couple years ago, before this was like, what was it? What year was this? Probably twenty twenty. Probably. Uh, we went to me, Kaylin, and her her dad. We went to a Philadelphia Cowboys game in Philly, and um, it was that year that we sat this team and the Cowboys didn't. Um, I went to the Mitchell Nest store, and the guy they're like they're like talking about football and stuff. And he's like, "Hey man, who's your who's your favorite non-Eagle player?" And I said Patrick Mahomes because at that time, I like I like Patrick. Mahomes. I do too. I like Pat. I don't. I hate him. He really. There, there is no reason. After every play, you gotta like what? Your buddy, your whole team is, is committing right now. Like they're, they're holding. You know, this is crazy. It's crazy, and like it is on like levels of like NBA players, right? And you can't like I understand you're competitive and like you want to win no matter what but man you are making the game so like not fun to watch sometimes because like they weren't going to call encroachment on Jalen Carter that one time until oh they bit he bitched he bitched them into making that call dude and that that was crazy Butcher Cox by the way nice nice little athletic Uh, he he didn't hop over anybody he 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 hopped in between them but he jumped in the gap (laughs) yeah but we'll, we'll we'll say our story and say he he hopped over them but uh I don't, like you can't you can't let him just dictate your call like because they weren't calling that shit. No. Um, even though Jalen Carter did push him, I don't think any. I don't think I've ever seen anybody call that. It's because we know what they're doing. I mean, you're trying to slow. You're trying to chew clock. But I, you can't blatantly do it. Which I don't. It's whatever, but. What I have a problem with is he's bitching these refs into making these calls. And that's it's if he gets hit in the backfield, it's immediate. He starts that pointing shit. <laughs> that picture that you that you shared in our group chat of the the Polar Express kid fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. That's what he does. That's what he does. It's crazy. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, they'll give him that call. And it's just it doesn't make sense to me. It's disgusting, sense. dude. I don't get it. I'm glad we won, though. Holy fuck! Yeah, I'm glad we won. I'm about to after we get done. I'm probably going to rewatch the condensed version of it. Yeah, go to bed. Um, just because, uh, you know, so the rap of defense, you know, they they won us the game. That's that's all we can say, right? They they won us that game. Um, but to wrap up this episode, you know, this game meant a lot. To us Eagles fans, because like, yes, it didn't avenge like the loss from February. Because I would much rather have the loss happen last night than you know in Glendale. But it meant a lot because like at the end of the day, it is like a get back, right? It it kind of is. Um, and like for three and a half quarters, I had every bit of feelings I had. During the Super Bowl, where it was like, man, I cannot believe we lost this. And we lost, you know, we can't be the Chiefs. We can't, we just can't be Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid owns us, yada, yada, yada. But 
the emotions that happened after the game because we pulled it out of our ass. It made a lot of the suffering a little bit worth it, you know, because like we show we can do it. And I feel like I feel like we should be like everybody's number one team, you know. And I feel like we still have doubters, and I don't know, I don't know why. I know people are comparing us to like the Vikings last year with so many like one possession like wins. Could you remember? But they had a negative point differential. They were they were barely beating bad teams. We're beating solid teams. And yeah, it's not like we're just our strength of schedule compared to theirs then was it's night and day. It's night and day difference. You put this, you put that Vikings team through this gauntlet, gauntlet that we got, that team gets our ass beat against these teams, dude. Beat down. And just to put it in perspective, we so like I saw I saw a tweet. It was like NFC opponents versus teams with winning records. Eagles three and zero, or like it was like three and zero, four and zero, something like that. Uh, it was forty ers were like two and three. Um, and then it was like everybody else had losing records or like five hundred records. Like we're we're a good team. We're a good team. Um, yeah, we lost we're the, the best Jets. team in the league, and it's not. I'm to the point where I'm starting to say it's not particularly close. Like it's. Because you look at the flaws of other that other teams have, say example the 49ers, you take away their weapons, weapons, that team's nothing, dude. I don't I mean that team that team can't score without Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. You know what I mean? Brock Pur- what I'm trying to get at, Brock Purdy cannot lead them to a victory himself if it has to come to that. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like it he's not built he's not sus- built and sustainable for that. I don't I don't know. That team frustrates me so bad, dude, to watch. I mean just the, the hype that they get around that team. I it's whatever. That defensive that fucking defensive line that everybody's glorifying. That's a good defensive line on paper. This is a whole Nick Bosa hype. Nick Bosa got bitched last year against Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson had his fucking groin tore in two pieces and didn't allow a single pressure. Come on, dog. I mean, let's call it what it is. This this, this Eagles team is built for whatever you – are going to throw with them. I think I think you're right, and I think that luckily for us, we have the Bills. We got to play who people still think are a solid team. We have the 49ers once once again, one more time. Bring it on, bitch! And you know we we beat them. When does the question stop at that point? When do the, do the question stop once we, once we beat the Cowboys back at Dallas? Or what? Or the, will the question still continue? You know, it's like at what point will it happen? Will it happen whenever we we go to Las Vegas and we we hold the Lombardi up for the second time in franchise history? Or will the question stop then, or will it continue? Yeah. Because here's my thing: no matter what's going, no matter what happens, everybody's going to discredit Nick Sirianni, and everybody's going to discredit Jalen Hurts, and you know it. 
it's irritating because, sure, Nick Sirianni has a great team, but do you know how hard it is to lead a team and, like, not lose a locker room at any point when things aren't going well? Yep. And, sure, we haven't had, the like, the, you know, the most, like, adversity, you know, in our face, but, like, last night, good example of having your back against the wall and not folding. Because we 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 kept on kept on fighting back, and I feel like that that's all Nick and Jalen, and Jalen. Yeah, he has AJ, he has Devonte, he has the Hunter Swift, but like I've never understood that fucking argument from people. All the how much help does Jalen need? You would be on your knees fucking crying if your if your team could even come close to what Howie Roseman has done for this Philadelphia Eagles team. You you would sleep so peaceful at night if you could come close to what he's done for this team. And like you're talking about, they're going to discredit Nick Sirianni, discredit Jalen Hurts. Go ahead and read them stats you said at the beginning of this episode. The stat, the Jalen's win-loss percentage, win-loss ratio against winning teams. Nick Sirianni, 30-6 and six since the speech he given. Jalen Hurts is 14-1 and one in his last 15 games, 18-2 in his last 20, and 27-3 and three in his last 30 NFL games that he has played. What more questions do you got to fucking ask? I mean, they're the best team in football. They've been the best team in football for the past couple years. And it's it's not it's not particularly close, dude. I don't see anybody on close to the level of just the franchise that they are. This team is nine and one in back to back years. Who the fuck can say that? You know what I mean? I mean, that's something that's not common in this in this league, man. And I could see him do it again next year. Like I, I have all the faith in the world. Um, obviously, that's a long time um, until then. But uh, I want to end this pod with two questions. And um, first question is: Do you think by the time it's all said and done, Jalen Hurts is? Uh, the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had. Yes. Easy. Easy yes for me, too. It's easy yes. Just uh, based on his sheer record alone and the records that he's broken right now as an Eagle alone, it's not not particularly close right now. And then the next question is, at what point does Nick Sirianni become the best head coach the Eagles ever had? Any read is probably the best one we ever had, and he didn't even want a Super Bowl. Yeah. But is there? Do you think there's an argument that Nick Sirianni is the best coach we've ever had at this very second? This may sound crazy, but I don't think it's crazy myself. If Nick Sirianni wins a Super Bowl this year, next year, whatever, he is hands down the best, the best coach that the Eagles have ever had. I feel like you could argue he might be the best coach in the league. And- I don't. I don't care about the uh, people that are going to say. Well, he doesn't call plays. He just throws the ball. I don't care. Uh, the coach he goes past that. Coach leads, and he, yeah. he's a leader of men. And 
That's the best quality. You may call him corny. You may call him whatever you want. But that record, his win-loss record indicates on what kind of coach he is. Absolutely. Um, so that'll uh, that'll do it from uh, for this uh, recap pod. It was a passionate, passionate recap. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to watch the game again. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been fun. I wish Josh was here. Some scheduling conflicts. Uh, he'll be back probably next week because um, he's going out of town for Thanksgiving. We have one more game we have to get through until the Eagles game that we're going to go see. Uh, make a, I'll make a proposition here real quick for that 49ers one. In person pod. Come on, dude. We gotta do it. We'll see. We'll see if we have time. Tom is definitely not something we have up there. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, one more game. Uh, about, I mean, I'll leave in what twelve days, thirteen days now. Uh, super excited for it. Uh, super excited for the rest of the year going forward. Uh, you know, once we start this gauntlet. We, at least I was excited because we would finally get to see what this Eagles team's about, right? You know, we're playing some of the best teams in the NFL, and we learned so much about the Eagles. And what have you learned so far is they win. They just yeah. win. Um, they went ugly. They went pretty. They went all different ways. And that's, that's the sign of a great team. Um, well, there's your title for this pod. Just win. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, was it Al Davis. Just win, yeah. baby. But uh, we we will be back at uh, some point this week um, to, I guess, preview the Eagles-Bills game. Spoiler alert, I think we're going to win. Yep. Like, we're going to win. Uh, and, uh, you know, can't wait to talk about it. Uh, can't wait for Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, it's two days away. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, so, anybody listening, hope you have a, hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Best wishes uh, to you and all your families. Absolutely. And for those who are watching football Thanksgiving, it's it's a fun one because guess what? All three games have meaning for the Eagles. You have the Commanders and Cowboys. Go Commanders. We have the Seahawks and the 49ers. Go Seahawks, baby. And then we have the uh, the Lions and the Packers. Go Pack Go. Pack. Go Pack Go. <laughs> go Pack Go. Um, because, man, wait. I don't want another game where all three of them win and we were staring yeah. you know, them <laughs> right, right on the gun barrel again. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, but this Eagles team will do it if they have to, and they will they will uh, prevail. But and, uh, in the wise words of Jalen Hurts, rain, sleet, or snow, the Eagles trying to go, baby. <laughs> that's just a smooth line. That's just, that's, what a cool guy. I swear. Um, but, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you're watching YouTube, I'm about to take this some bitch off YouTube because you guys don't watch it. But uh, I'll put it on there anyway, just because you know why not. Um, Apple Podcast, Spotify listeners, uh, the other ones I can't remember the names of. Thank you, thank you for listening. I uh, share with a friend. Guys. Thank yeah, you. Share, share with a friend. Um, and uh, just enjoy the win. Just enjoy the win because. Uh, NFL season short, and uh, you know we're already over halfway. I can't believe it because, like yesterday, we were just talking about the the Eagles versus the Patriots. A couple more weeks, and we'll be talking about playoffs. Yeah, we will. That's that's exciting because 
Um, unless something it's drastic the most happens. Time of the year for me. Well, uh, for a while there, you know, the Eagles didn't go to the playoffs, so I'm loving every second of it. Um, yep. Excited that you know we're in position to be in the playoffs because it's exciting times. But um, we will see you guys the next one. Uh, like I said, thank you all for listening. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And until next time, as always, go birds. Go birds.